Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and what a week it's been. Um, If I go back in the mists of time and steal from the two Ronnies, I would definitely be starting by saying and in a packed programme tonight because it's just been one of those uh, weeks. But we'll we'll get to that and we'll see if we can't navigate navigate through it. Uh, I'm already... um, on the wine, um, I feel I feel like I need it um, because uh, I haven't got the ingredients to make a gin house. Um, so let's kick off, and we'll kick off with a little bit of that uh, twangy guitar. <laughs> So half-jokingly last week, I talked about the fact that we'd identified the 12th of October as being the final day in which any of the family could test positive for COVID, uh, with there still being half a hope, half a chance that we could get away on holiday. We've booked to go on holiday on the uh, 22nd of um, uh, October and working on the the old 10-day isolation rule then theoretically the 12th was the last point you could do that uh, and still potentially be okay to go away. Now of course that was based really on uh, myself or Alison simply because obviously being double vaccinated we're okay to fly. So in reality, as long as we were out of isolation we, 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 could, we could then travel. Of course You know, the obvious thing, and I probably mentioned this last week, was if COVID is going to arrive in this house, it's going to arrive uh, through the eldest um, child who is of um, who's of secondary school age. And again, as we talked about last week, you know, uh, the ONS reporting one in 14 uh, kids of secondary school age were currently off school with COVID. So. Bearing in mind the population figure last week was 1 in 70 people had COVID. If it was 1 in 14 of secondary school age, then obviously disproportionately there were more kids of secondary school age that had COVID. So therefore that would have been the natural route you would have expected COVID to have come into this particular household. Um, Anyway, it's happened. Um, the immortal cry came out at sort of quarter to eight this morning. I've tested positive on my lateral flow test. Now, he'd not been himself over the weekend. and We'd had a little bit of a dry cough, but he'd looked pale and he'd looked a bit washed out and he'd just not really been himself. So it wasn't overly surprising that we got that. We got that call, um, you know, this morning. We tested negative on lateral flow last night. But we tested positive on a lateral flow this morning. So obviously at that point in time, you know, he was dispatched back to his room um, and, you know, the barriers were put up. The the black cross was marked on the door and we just booked the relevant uh, tests and what have you, the relevant PCR tests, because that's the next the sort of next stage in the in, in the process. Um, but in terms of the thing that potentially was going to happen, you know, happening then it it's clearly happened now what this means for everything who knows we're in we're in phase one um at the moment and phase one at the moment really now revolves around uh hoping that he's not too sick for one because we don't want him to be uh any any more unwell than he kind of has to be to get through it um and number two is that none of the rest of us get it so of course the the you know the great unknown now is okay we've been in contact with them over the weekend you know Saturday and Sunday they normally go forty eight hours back 
in terms of that's possibly a period where he could have been contagious. Have we had enough contact with him? We don't know. So the next thing is right. Okay, who 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 else is gonna who who else is gonna fall fall foul of it? I mean, obviously, um, it's not like he's not got previous. Um, you know, he, he he put the he put the summer holiday back uh, because of this, and and obviously we're now we're now in 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 the hands of fate as to whether we'll manage to get away um, for the half term break. Tuesday. So the PCR test results are back in. Um, and we indeed do have a COVID positive uh, teenager, um, and that I, I don't think that was to to be anything other than expected, really. And probably as well, what was nothing other to be expected was um, that the um, the adult that took him down for the test, which in this case uh, was Alison, because I was working, uh, had a test as well, and she's come back negative, uh, as you would expect, really, because if she's you know, it, it, the chances are it's two or three days before we'll we'll know. Maybe three or four days before we'll know what's actually going on in terms of the of, in terms of the rest of us. So he's now. I mean, obviously he's he's you know he's banished to his room, and we you know and and, and apart from taking food up and what have you, that's it. We're doing obviously we're going to have to do what we can to ensure that while he's most contagious, which will be now or the next few days, that. You know that he doesn't he doesn't put the rest rest of the family in 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 too much risk, um, and he's he's kind of living his best life. I mean, he's simultaneously got a got a complaining of a headache, uh, and and complaining of not being one hundred percent, whilst at the same time um, enjoying um, you know in, in enjoying FaceTime and Xbox time. And the one advantage of one in fourteen kids of secondary school age having COVID is there's people at home to talk to. Um, so there's been there's been the normal noises that we'd expect to come out of of a teenage bedroom as you know fairly uh, animated games of, of group FIFA take place and there's lots of lots of chat. Of course, relapses are common. Normally, at every point when we suggest that maybe if he's feeling okay, he could do a little bit of the work that's available for him on the on the school platform, uh, which normally brings about a bit of a a bit of a relapse, which is uh, I guess is only to be expected. I mean, to be fair, flip side of the coin is if I was off with COVID, I would be claiming I was far too ill to do any kind of work. So, you know, uh, we've not had that yet. And I probably would have played that card by now had it have been had it have been me. Um, Of course, what this has brought about uh, today has been the old uh, track and trace call, the old test and trace call, um, which is 35 to 40 minutes of your life that you won't get back and is is astonishing um, in its kind of um, I don't know whether it's naivety. I did. I'm struggling with the whole concept of test and trace now because, in reality, test and trace is something you do to keep something contained. Now, I don't know if the government have or haven't noticed, but at forty thousand plus cases a day, the ships kind of sailed on containment. I mean, you you know, whether you like it or not, we've pretty much made the decision that that we are doing nothing as far as COVID is concerned. Absolutely nothing as far as COVID is concerned. So the whole shenanigans around the test and trace call, the whole you know reason for continuing that process, I'm not quite understanding. Particularly when you you know the, the the things that these people are being required to ask you are are so inane and so ridiculous and so lacking in any form of 
understanding or common sense that you're just putting a poor human being through uh, having to you know having to go through asking these questions whilst i'm assuming under on you know listening to somebody on the other end of the phone tearing their hair out uh, about how ridiculous or the ridiculous nature of the questions i mean to be asked if your child who's at secondary school possibly while he's at school would he would there be moments where he might be in a congested environment just just beggars belief to be perfectly honest um you know to be asked about some of the activities that he's done and whether you can you know whether you know all the details of all the people who were there so the football match that he played on sunday away uh, with all the spectators and, and, and all the other coaches and all the other team to be asked if he was aware, you know, do, do you know everybody that was involved in that activity? Well, clearly not. Um, so s- some of it was absolute, absolute nonsense. And the fact that at the end of it, there wasn't really any kind of action that anybody had to do. Uh, and as I said before, you've we've the ship sailed on this now. It's absolutely sailed on this now. I mean, clearly the the, the plan for herd immunity through the schools is by everybody having it because otherwise you wouldn't be letting it run quite as well as you have. So why the rest of the apparatus is still following up? I don't, I can't really quite understand if I'm being perfectly honest. But if you do, if you do find yourself in that situation, then uh, think on when it happens because some of those questions are absolute belters. Wednesday. Four years ago to the day, um, I was at the Royal Albert Hall um, because four years ago to the day, uh, Marillion were playing their first gig at the Albert Hall um, and it was an absolutely monumental um, evening. Um, and for anybody who was there, I know there will be some people who listen to this who were there, then we'll always remember what a special uh, night it was. Um in fact, it's the uh, the episode. I've already decided I'm going to call the episode "All One Tonight" um, this week, just just in honour of that night. Um, the the kind of "All One Tonight" works on a different level, I suppose, with the whole COVID thing because you know we are all in this together. There's no way there's no way around it. Um, but um, but it, but really, it's referencing back to it's referencing back to that evening uh, and seeing the, the band of my life. Um, playing in the, in such a special venue, and it was such a special gig. It they were phenomenal um, that night, and it was a phenomenal spectacle. And if you were in the building on that night, you knew you were you were seeing something really really special. Um, and the um, the video clip that I'm going to put the the link for with this week's episode. Um, is the last section of a song called The Leavers, uh, which talks very much to the band and the crew um, and the um, the audience, with the band and the crew effectively being the leavers because they move from place to place and, and the audience being the remainers because, you know, the band float into town and they do their thing and they create something special and then they, they move on to the, ne- to the next sort of place. So the end section of that that um song is the bit that they finish the show with and that's the bit that's on the video clip that I'm I'm going to put out and and even if you're not a Marillion fan and you can spare four and a half minutes watch it because you'll get some sense of of what that evening was was all about it was a very special very special place to be um 
we um, we were sat in just just to the left of the stage in in one of the. Uh, there, there was no no such thing really as as guest seats because um, you know, but we were sat with sort of guests and and, and families and uh, uh, you know and what have you, and we got chatting to this um, to this or I got chatting to this um, this this bloke through the gig, and it was nice and uh, and he seemed a nice nice fellow and very you know very and it was only just a casual thing, and. We we ended up backstage after the after the gig and and Ian Mosley came out the drummer and was was talking to this fella uh, in a, in relatively reverential you know sort of tones and then you know Steve Rother the guitarist came out and was was all over this fella and I was like well, who is this guy who is this guy you know is it I'm not you know I'm I'm sure I recognise him I'm not I couldn't place him couldn't place him at all and then of course you 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 know you. You, you think and think, well, who could it be? Anyway, it turns out it was Steve Hackett, who was Genesis's uh, original guitarist. So I felt a bit of a twit at that point in time that I'd been nattering away to, to Steve Hackett through the evening and absolutely had no idea who he was. But then again, for all of my love of Marillion, I'm just not a proggy. So I never did Genesis, never really got it. So uh, he was just a nice guy, really. But nice to see some of that stuff flash up and nice to think back about what, what was such a special evening. Thursday. Another one of those fairly spectacular things happened today that's gone completely unnoticed, and they seem to be happening absolutely all the time. So it's not not something that is particularly surprising. But um, Leo Varadkar, uh, the Irish Deputy Prime Minister, came out today and basically said that don't do deals with the Britain because they they can't be trusted. They can't be trusted to keep their word. Um, and this is on the back of everything that's going on at the moment with regard to the fact that you know Lord Frost is the is the wrecking ball at the moment of his own agreement, the the um, the the um, Brexit agreement signed, which included the Northern Ireland Protocol, uh, is now being bashed and lampooned by everybody who you know a year ago told you or less than a year ago told you it was a great deal uh, that because it's impractical and it's undermining the uh, the the uh, good friday agreement which of course it was always going to you can't have a border whether it be a virtual border in the sea or a hard border on the island of Ireland, that's not going to undermine the peace process and that's the point that everybody made but now um frost and the government are kicking and screaming um until they get their way um, but what ultimately does it do in terms of the reputation of this country around the globe? Because if you're getting a senior politician, uh, and Leo Varadkar is a senior politician, standing up and saying out loud, no, no messing about, no hints here or there, you can't do deals with Britain because they can't be trusted to keep their word, then that's a, that, that should be a huge concern. That should be something that we're getting really, 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 really concerned about. But of course, we're not, because we. I mean, for a lot of people, they don't understand it. But the fact is that if you listen to what Dominic Cummings said, the the, the whole idea was you just got it done, got it out of the way, and then basically ignored the bits you don't like, and just lived with the fallout. And 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 that's where we are. That is now where we are. That's who this country is. We are. We are no better. Than, than those Eastern European dictatorships, or we know better than those South American dictatorships that we look at and, and you know and sniff at, 
because essentially we're saying one thing, we're not liking it, and we're just walking away from any kind of um, a- a- any kind of situation that 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 doesn't work for us anymore. Um, you know, and and it's as I say, it will go largely unnoticed. I was astonished when I read it, but then maybe it's only me and people like me that are getting astonished by those things. But it's it's not it's not good. Friday. Okay, COVID update, and in some respects, it's it's reasonable. In other respects, it's. A disaster, but in some respects it's reasonable. So here's the reasonable bit. Um, it's it's ten to nine on Friday. Um, I feel fine. Um, I I spent the early part of the week having a headache and generally having persuaded myself that clearly I was coming down with with you know with COVID. But I've got this far and actually feel okay. Managed to do my normal walks and runs through the week. So no no reason to think that. Um, you know that that there's anything going on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be hit with it. I'm still holding a piece of wood while I'm saying this, but it's boding fairly well at the moment. It's over five days since I was in contact um, with uh, with the eldest, so that's looking fairly good. I mean, the interesting thing about this is I've learned a little bit more about lateral flow tests this week, and lateral flow tests really are about understanding transmissibility. So. Um, there's a very good chance you have COVID within you before you test positive for on a lateral flow. But a lateral flow is 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 showing you at the point where you're most likely to be contagious, which is in those in those you know days, maybe day two or three, when you've actually contracted the virus. But we're at a point where you're actually you know you're spreading the virus to the point where you could infect other people. So the fact that he tested negative on on Sunday bodes fairly well, suggests that he wasn't actually that contagious on Saturday and Sunday, but was contagious definitely from Monday onwards. Um, Alison's still, you know, got to get, she's, she's got to get another day or so because she took him for his test. So in, to be to be sure, I think if we get through to tomorrow evening, there's a very good chance, you know, it's six days for me, five and a bit days for her, that we, we'll probably be okay. Uh, and the youngest is is fine as well, so that that's that's a a good thing. But now we turn to the problem, and the problem is that um, if we can get to the end of the isolation period and we all be fine, then what Josh has got to do is he's we've got a very short window where Josh has got to take a fit to travel PCR test, and that fit to travel PCR test has got to come back negative. And of course, the problem with those PCR tests when you're coming out of COVID is they are very sensitive and they tend, even though you might not be contagious, you might still not get through a PCR test. So the bit that's, you know, if we take the test as late as we can and reasonably expect to get the result in time, bearing in mind we're due to fly at seven o'clock on Friday morning, then we would, uh, the window is midnight on the Thursday night that the test company would have to re- give us the PCR fit to travel result, which means at a minute to midnight on Thursday, on, on effectively Thursday night to Friday morning, we might be told that actually Josh is still testing positive and therefore is not fit to travel, at which case we've got a very small window of time to cancel all the things we need to cancel um, because a lot of the holiday is still cancelable, but you don't want to find yourselves being liable for the for the cost. So that's the 
that's the that's the issue we now have. There's a very good chance we're going to get through this bit. There's a very good chance he well he will have finished his isolation period. But as far as Spain's concerned, Spain needs either a negative PCR test from you or you need to have been double vaccinated if you're over the age of 12. And there are no exceptions to that. You you know, as a certificate to suggest you're recovering from COVID or what have you is not relevant for Spain. They don't accept them. And I, I managed to get myself really worked up about that because I thought that was a, you know, I don't need anything to help me get worked up about something if I think it's Brexit. But of course, it's not Brexit, is it? That's not the problem here. The problem here is that Britain's a high-risk country. And we're a high-risk country because we're allowing this to play out. And that's absolutely fine. We've obviously made that decision and we are allowing it to play out. And that's that's OK. And to be fair, and I will say this, the the link between serious fatality and numbers seems to be broken. We're not looking at the same number of fatalities versus the numbers that we were earlier on. So I, I, I'm the first person to say that the vaccine is doing what it's doing. But in the instance of, in this scenario, for us, that doesn't do us any favours. The 40 odd thousand cases a day means that the UK is by far the worst, um, you know, um, country in Europe and therefore other European countries don't want to let us in unless we can absolutely prove. So the fact that Josh will have done his isolation period is completely moot as far as the Spanish are concerned. If he can't return that test, if we can't get a negative PCR test, then we ain't going. And if I'm being honest at this point in time, I don't think we're going. I think it's off for that reason, not because, not because we won't all be COVID free technically, or we will all. But no, it's not COVID free. Do I think on the day we will be a COVID risk to another person? Then the answer is absolutely no. I don't think we will be. Um, will it make a difference? Nah, it's not going to make a difference at all. So I've been getting myself quite annoyed through bits in the week as we started to get to this as being the natural conclusion of this particular episode. And this is going to be the natural conclusion of this particular episode. Um, and I've been getting annoyed about two things. One is um, we can't be the only parents in this particular situation with a, with a number of kids that are testing positive. And bear in mind these PCR tests can be... 20, 30, 40 days after your isolation period still showing positive, there will be a hell of a lot of parents and a hell of a lot of families will have potential holidays in the half term where they will fall foul of this because there is no other route because the European countries look at us as a risk and therefore don't want to take anything other than actually cast iron guarantees. And of course, a PCR test is far more of a cast iron guarantee than say a lateral flow. However, the other thing is where was the vaccination? Where was the vaccination? And I talked about this last week, but in this instance, this is absolutely done for us. If 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 my son had been vaccinated in the first week of, of the schools going back, then this wouldn't have happened. So after making that political decision to vaccinate, actually, by the time we get round to vaccinating, it'll be too late because 50, 60, 70% of the kids will have had it. In, uh, you know, and and what was all of that whole thing about? We probably would have been better to send those vaccines to countries that desperately needed them because actually it's not beneficial us at all. And we've still missed 10 days of school this term. So that's the outcome of that. I can't say I'm happy about it. I'm raw at the moment because I don't think we're going away. And 
and it's ridiculously selfish because in the scheme of things there's a there's it's not the end of the world in the scheme of things it's not the end of the world at all you know we're all fine um josh has bounced back absolutely fine and, and there's a very good chance we won't get it so in the scheme of things it's not important the flip of that is in the scheme of things it was also preventable and that's the bit that i'm a little bit wound up about tonight but i'm going to take my wine i'm going to finish my wine um and i'm gonna i'm gonna enjoy the evening uh and and just concentrate on getting through to you know tomorrow possibly through the weekend um uh, you know free free of free of of the covid and, and we'll take it we'll take it from there and we'll just we'll just regroup next week um in the meantime i hope your week's been slightly less fun packed than mine uh and and i hope you i hope you stay safe and i, I wish you all the best and i'll talk to you next time <laughs> therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production